And we get this notion, well, if enough people get saved, if enough Christians move into politics, enough Christians are owning businesses, if enough Christians are in leadership, that then we'll, you know, somehow we'll magically bounce back to 1950 right. and everything will be a happy-go-lucky post-war, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen. And not to mention, there's nothing biblical that says that'll happen or that that's even our mandate. is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church, Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Could start. Good for I thought we could start off. We're wearing masks. I'm going to go back up to the truck and get my other mask. I just thought it sounded better this way. Most likely. Yeah. You, you can see that uh, the handle has been glued. Oh, really? So, you, so I'm taking my life into my own. You're working with a mug that has been mm-hmm. glued but not fixed, washed but not cleansed. Yes. You're perfect. Only the best. Smelling good. It smells better than Folgers. No offense. Snap, popple, crack. Is that how it goes? Pop, snapple, crack. Snap, crackle, pop. Right? Thank you. <laughs> you just trying to get me to say that? No. I was working my way to it. Yeah, it's some Rice Krispies, man. Do you want headphones? Only if we think we need them. I mean, so if you can hear me, I'm fine. Are you going to keep them on all the time? I always wonder why people wear headphones. Like when they're like doing a podcast of themselves. I don't understand it. Oh, but that's sounding real nice. Oh, don't worry about it then. We're getting close on this beam. Look at the steam rolling off that bad slowing down. It doesn't feel like it made it all. You know, if we pour some more water on it, make that last a little bit. How do you feel about that? Sure. Skills and magic. Now we're set. The nice part about this is as I sip left-handed, you'll be able to see... Perfect. You'll be able to view and, that they raved about it at Bunko. And I won't be able to see the crack. Yeah, or this. Oh, that does come off. I thought maybe that was on there. For, oh, that would have been in my mouth here in a little bit. Whatever that little black spot was that was on it. Perfect. I've been thinking about this. Um, I think we should expand yeah, we need next something. year mm-hmm. to cheesecake and coffee. Oh, yeah. Uh, Why are we not doing that right now? You couldn't have brought that in? Did we have cheesecake here last year? Two years ago, we had real low-level cheesecake. So what about tonight? What's it going to be? I don't know. I mean, thought about we'd do some vision setting. Mm-hmm. Some direction plotting. I'm getting a vision right now. Look at this. Boy, we are we're in it to win it now. How did you score to get the the Bucks mug? And I'm over here on the Bunko mug. Broken Bunko. You got the better one. 
Yeah, I probably did. I don't know. This was my mug this morning, so I wasn't going to give it to you. That seems fair. Truth be told, I forgot to pack dishes this morning. Mm. Well, it's strong. I put hair in your chest. I just popped two new chest hairs from that first sip. It's not bad. It's strong. I feel like we're really off already. Is this still top of the year? It's in, you know, not that we're going to get into it, but it's been a, it's been a day. I mean, yesterday and today, yesterday especially, with uh, the stuff at the Capitol was crazy. We'll never forget January 6th, 2021. Well, I've already heard it declared that it's going to be another day that you can add that will live in infamy. <laughs> That's been said by but, certain people. Do you know, infamy was a word that was made up when they said this day will live in infamy. They made up the word infamy right then. That yeah. word didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, like Infamy must mean eternity, whatever it means. It, it mean, meant nothing. Now... I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that I've read or heard that somewhere, that infamy was not a word until it was used by a president saying, this day will live in infamy. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. It's probably on wiki. I'm probably wrong. We could look it up. Man, I needed this coffee. This is it. Even though it's decapitated, it's still, it's good. Well, that should just about do it. Yeah, it's been a good talk so far. Now, we had messaged uh, earlier this week, and you said that maybe we could get into some of that kind of stuff. I know you like to keep it light in the early parts, but then what happens is we're on the light stuff for an hour, and then we don't get around to the meat, meat and the potatoes, so to speak. Yeah. What's it like to... I feel like you and I could not be more opposite the way we're wired Yeah, I would on probably, some things. I would agree with that. You're very much a... A present liver, a liver of the present. Yeah, I'm a lover of my present. Because you don't worry about the future much, Mm -hmm. at least publicly. And you definitely don't dwell on the past. Again, not publicly. (laughs) There are certain things, but I try try my best not to. I don't live in the past, I guess you would say. I I know about it. I haven't forgotten it. Unlike Jesus, who's able to forgive and forget. (laughs) I'm just working on the forgive part. The forgetting seems to be a lot more difficult. Jesus took my burdens and rolled them in the sea. Sure. Did Adele write that? Oh, she rolls in the deep. Big difference. <laughs> the past is very important to me. Okay. As you know. Yeah, I'm not going to say the past isn't important. I'll agree with that. Yeah, I didn't want to. Don't want to put those words in your mouth. But like, right. for instance, like Christmas. I don't think you did a Christmas tree this year. I didn't, but there was, you know, not Stimulating. necessarily because of. But it, you said it didn't bother you. It didn't bother me even the slightest bit. That would be unthinkable for me. Yeah. Unconscionable. Infamy. <laughs> Infamous. Mine's still up. And, Mine uh, would be, too. That would be the other problem. Is once it got up, <laughs> I would not want to take it down. It's up for reasons that I'm not ready. Because I'm not ready, not because I haven't done it or haven't yeah. gotten around to it. Or, you just enjoy the tree. <laughs> There's something nice about coming home to the lit tree in oh. the evening, correct? Well, and the, yeah, I like The that. other thing is Christmas. The Christmas, and then I, this, I struggle with this. First of all, there's 12 days of Christmas. Okay. Are we going to go through all of them right now? No. Okay. But then it, the Christmas season ends right as the very, very worst part of the year is, is happening. Two months of doldrums. I saw the sun for about 20 minutes this morning. Oh, wow. That's 20 minutes more yeah. than I saw it. Yeah. I mean, we have some gray winter days. We do. You, I mean, I don't, I don't even ride, but I mean, you know what it's like to, oh. to be Sourced. handcuffed by the season. Oh, yeah. And we are. It's just part of our, our, it's part of the just being in the Midwest. I mean, you, yeah. when you're young, you complain about it being, you know, where you're from. There's nothing to do in this town. 
but I've lived in many towns and they're all the same. There's nothing to do in any of the towns. It doesn't matter where you live, you know. I mean, per se, even if you lived in a place with perfect weather year-round, you would still be limited by uh, time, by finances, by opportunity. You know, it's like, well, if I lived in Florida, sure. yeah, you'd still have to work 40 or 50 or 60 hours a day, and you know. And I would miss winter as well. So, like, I, I you don't love, think you would until it's gone. I love the four season climate. I agree. I agree with that. And I love a good snowy day. We haven't had many. I love a good, if it, to me, if it's going to be cold, let's let it snow. That's the thing. Like, yeah, last Wednesday it was cold, raining. That's yeah, the worst. Yeah, the Just absolute it, worst. The worst. Just let it snow. Let it snow. Because the snow beautifies, right? I'm For sure a little while. Until, until we drive through it and slush it. But if you live out in the country or, you know. But it does. To wake up to that blanket of snow is like walking into your house with the Christmas tree lit. There's just something kind of magical about it. It's beautiful. So maybe we're wired a little closer than I thought. Yeah, it just uh, depends on what it is. I, I love those things. I just don't have to, I think I don't hang my hat on them as much. Yeah. You know. Have you ever seen uh, the black slush in a Hallmark movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think they do that a lot. I think they should add that yeah. next next year. If they do, it's at the beginning. Mm. Because by the end, it's for sure, it's as pure as a wind-driven snow. You know, <laughs> True. But, you know, you know, it might start with death and destruction, but in pretty short order, you know, they're getting back to whatever it is that every Hallmark movie is. Someone died. You know how it is. You know the story. Did we talk about that last year? The Hallmark so. movie? When the shorts were in here, we talked about how their story is basically a Hallmark script. Well, I can't really believe that, but maybe it is. <laughs> it was, did one of them already uh, was pre-married and their spouse died? <laughs> because that's, and do they already have a child? I have to go back and check the episode. These are required. Hallmark movies re- require sure. the death of a spouse, usually through uh, military or police fire activities. How do you know these things? Well, I've been around a long time. I'm wise. I'm wise to the. I'm, my wife and I. We like to watch TV, and then we like to predict what's going to happen next. And then we. And then when we're right, which we always are, we say, "I'm a scriptwriter." And so with Hallmark, it's easy. Yeah. So those things always happen, and then they, that person who lost whoever it is, they move back to their hometown, and that's where they meet the new person that moved there recently, who's like a recluse and a quiet person, and they make all their wildest dreams come true, and they magically love their their child that they're left with, and. And they, you know, they bicker a little bit, and they find out there's some dirt on them, but they, they put it together, and they get married, and then it, they wake up, and it's the whole place is snowy. What was your favorite one this year? Never watched a single one this oh, year. Oh, okay. I don't think. You I think can... I caught my wife watching one this year. Oh, really? Go, what are you doing? She goes, ah, I kind of watched one of these. <laughs> and she's really, not really a big fan either. <laughs> you know, it's, but all TV is like that. You pretty much know what's going to happen. It's so rare to get surprised in, in uh, theater. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of editing to do on this track, bro. <laughs> There's got a lot of dead air here. Turn up the radio. Maybe we should have music playing in the background just in case. Play some of that STH in the background or some LTC. Yeah. So we both came in a little sluggish to this. Truth yeah, this is going to make for an exciting, <laughs> exciting. Uh, who wants to listen to this? These guys are on your sleep and. Like, do you ever... Uh, We're starting to sound like NPR. If we get an inquirer, we'll be whispering into the mic and telling secrets. Do you ever take a chair nap where you can hear yourself snoring? You know it's you. You know you're snoring, but you don't wake up. That's where I was about 20 minutes before you got here today. i got to be honest. I can only, I can, I've only probably done that while driving. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I do not take naps. I took my first nap Sunday afternoon. First nap I've had in... I can't remember when. I do. I feel like a nap is 
me farting away my day. Oh, well, yeah, it is. And you rarely feel better when you wake up. Yeah, because, you know, the reasoning for that is we usually nap too long. You need to take short naps. Naps are like uh, 30 minutes probably yeah, tops. I think, I think I you could do an hour, but an hour would be a little bit long because you start getting that deep sleep, and then mm-hmm. you wake up and you're like, Bleh. Yep. But a good 20-minute, 30-minute nap, and then you got to make yourself get right up. Like, don't sludge out of it. Like, get up and go. Maybe have yeah. a glass of water. And you're, you're banging, man, all the cylinders. I think I got 33 minutes. Oh, you're right on. Yeah. So what's the excuse then? <laughs> I haven't had that cold glass of water yet. <laughs> You'll stand out in some of that uh, slushy rain we're, we're going to be, we'll get. There was a point to, um, I'm not saying I live in the past, but I think a lot about experiential things, how I felt at that time. Okay how I want to pursue things or not pursue things in the future based on the past, almost closure by checking what I was doing a year ago. Okay. Pretty much around the count. I don't know. I don't know anybody else that's like that. Yeah. I don't do that. In fact, it's, I've struggled with that. Like I've mm-hmm. had people, I've taken some time management things where they suggest that you track your time through the day for like a week or two weeks. And I usually can't even make it a day. Yeah. I just, I, I lose. I'm like, there's no way I'm spending all my time tracking what I'm doing with my time. But I I understand where you're coming from. So one of the only things that I really enjoy on Facebook is the, the on this day, yeah. or you know, this, this day in history, whatever mm-hmm. it's called, where you can look back to any post that you, or anything you were tagged in a year ago. And I enjoy that. And that's almost the only thing I enjoy. Now, that's going to get less and less because I have not made a post in, oh, true. in nine months. So. Yeah. Yeah. Or not quite nine, probably seven, eight months, probably. I get frustrated if I can't remember what year something happened in. Or, yeah. or like, say, a building has changed, changed stores or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if I can't remember what used to be there and what it used to oh. look like, it eats at me. Yeah. I don't know what that says about me. I don't but, know. If anything has to say something about it, it's just part of our makeup. Well, right? yeah. And I find myself more this way as I get older. I am trying to tie this in a little bit because I think about... I know like, where you're going. I feel like we, you and I had a conversation fairly recently where... The people who have come and gone from our body, it is not time well spent people chasing. Yeah. And probably that comes with reps over the years. It does come with repetition, and for sure. for me, who I am less than a year in titled leadership at mm-hmm. Current. But even, you know, I've been at Current for almost 10 years now, and I think of the names and faces quite often. Yeah. I'm I sure, do, too. Yeah, I'm sure you I, do, I honestly too. do. If you can speak to, because you're famously, or maybe even infamously, not a planner slash vision setter, but that does not mean that your leadership is any less valid. So as somebody who is not sentimental and is not obsessed with the future, I guess we can put it. Yeah. How do you live in the present? (laughs) Hmm. That's a good question. I think the... It would be easy for me to flip that and say, well, how do you, you know, you're navigating the past. How does that dictate your present? But I think from what I heard you saying as you were talking about the past is that you remembering the past and having it uh, bring direction to your future is not the same as living in the past and trying to recreate those moments. Sure. Does that make sense? I, I, mean, I don't know if that's exactly what you're saying, but I know you enough to know that you enjoy, you know, you have a great memory, you remember things, but I don't hear you saying, I'd like to recreate that moment, or, um, gee, I wish things were always like that, 
or we've got to be careful to never do this because look what happened when we did it this time that in mm-hmm. the past. I don't hear you saying that. It's more like just a point of reference. Like I don't want to forget these things because they do. We are where we are in part because of where we've been. You know, we know that. You know, what's the old saying that if we don't know the past, we're destined to uh, repeat repeat yeah. it. Right. So it's certainly true. And that's not just that's just life, not necessarily political life or. Yeah. Christian life, non-Christian, whatever. It's just a true statement. If we're not aware of the of the past, we're inevitably going to we'll do it all over again. And history tells us that. You know, we've seen it happen. So um, the question again was: um, It wasn't a good. To, it wasn't a good question. But how? I will say this. But it wasn't something I couldn't this, have expounded on. I don't want this to be patronizing, but it ties in. You're there as we hybrid it up these days. Mm-hmm. As we, I think we had three Sundays in a row on Zoom, Facebook, and then we cautiously went back to it. Mm-hmm. And the first time was very primitive, mm-hmm. you know, no mic, that right. kind of thing. I have felt like you would not be able to tell a difference in your sermon prep, your preaching energy for five people compared mm-hmm. to the first time I ever came to Current, yeah. which leads me to believe that. What's now is now for you, and it's, I don't know if it's easy, but you're wired to live in the present in a very effective way. Hmm. I always like to hear your your thoughts on that. I feel like you have such a good, um, and again, I don't want to sound patronizing either, but you have a outside the box looking in. I feel like you're always able to see some things that I couldn't put into, into words, or you have a perspective that that brings some clarity or that you see things that others don't see because where most of us are so in it, they don't, we don't step far enough back. You know, can't see the forest for all the trees. I feel like you're the kind of guy that somehow you you're in here, but you jump on a helicopter or something and float outside. You can look down and see, you know, so you're, you're aware. I don't know. I do think that you're aware of some things that maybe others aren't. So I've already lost track of the, of the question, but being in the present, I don't, Yeah. I don't think that um, those things affect, try not to let it too much impact my approach, to at least to preaching. Yeah. I like the past, too. I, I, I tend to look back on things through rose-colored, you know, mm. glasses. Like, I remember things with everything seems to be a little better probably than it was. Right, right. You know? yeah. So there's there's that, which is part of this whole idea of tradition. We're trying to recreate things that we thought were, you know, if you stand back, you're like, you know what, man, I still, it was just like whatever, you know. Christmas is what it was what it was, and we're trying to recreate moments a lot of times from something that we thought was great. Or for some people, we're trying to recreate moments that we think we missed. You know, so if you've got that person that... Yeah. They're an adult now, and their their birthdays were never celebrated. So now with their kids, they celebrate the bejeebers out of their ber- kids' birthdays because they're, to be honest with you, they're just trying to recreate something that they felt thought, thought they missed. And when their kids are growing up, they might look back and think, yeah, you know, they might give you that kind of shoulders up like, how did you like your birthdays? Yeah, they, were, they were good. <laughs> you know, not like crazy. They were the best thing ever. Right. Uh, but at least the parent got to, you know, and I think we do sometimes the opposite, too. Sometimes, like, we think that ours was so good, we've got to recreate it so that it's, uh, we want to try to keep that thing going. If, if I could look back I, and, and try to do something again when it comes in the present, I would want to get, as far as church life, I really would like to not get back to the way it was, but I would like to get back to everything in person 
Like I just never had as part of my vision or part of something I wanted to do. I never aspired to be on television or to broadcast our gatherings in any way, shape or form. I really feel like the gathering is always an intimate thing for the people that are there. And so I understand that we got ourselves into a place where I'm not going to say people couldn't come because people can come. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, whether it be they personally are concerned about their health or they've been told they should believe about their health or they could care less about it. You know, they're all those and everything in between from like, man, this is getting together with other people outside my family is the worst thing that can ever happen to getting together with people is absolutely what I need no matter what. And you've got everything in between. And I can't control what people think or how they translate the things that are being told to them in the news and, and through, uh, they're from doctors and, you know, these people are smart and we all have to come to our own conclusions. However, I will say that we should make our decisions. Some things in Christendom supersede the narrative of what's out there, right? Because we're people of faith and faith has to, faith has to trump everything else. Yes, I use the word trump. Small t. Too soon. Probably too soon. Yeah. But he's out, baby. <laughs> he gone. Hey. As Duck Dynasty would say, he gone. Because Pence didn't do his job. Pence didn't do his job. <laughs> Something tells you you're going to edit that part out. Hilarious. So, you know, these are the times we're living in. And whether we, no matter what we believe or what... The problem is we've got... Uh, not the, There's a lot of problems. But from my perspective, and with our church body, we still have people on both sides of the aisle, politically, religiously, um, educationally, musically, you know, no matter what, if there's an aisle, we've got people on both sides. I think that's healthy, generally speaking, in church life. We're not all supposed to be the same. You know, that's what diversity is not just color. It's also about the way we think and the way we operate. So that's good. But in all of that, there has to be faith and a belief in the truth, capital T truth. And that has to navigate some of all of what we do, the decisions we make. And so, um, I alluded to this a little bit, I think, Sunday, but at some point we have to go, do we believe, are we going to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, or are we, or, or not? And again, we don't want to be foolish. We want to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Um, but there's just been, I don't know, to me this, and I, don't, I, I have to be careful because I don't want to be political and I don't want to tell people how that they should live or respond to COVID or respond to things that are happening, uh, you know, in our, in the political world right now, which are crazy. Um, I'm not a fan of any of it, (laughs) I don't, uh, but I am a fan of Jesus. I believe that Jesus is, he truly is the answer that we're looking for. And we need to be strong in that because the world, they don't have the answer either. They don't have the answer. We have the answer. And it's not, you know, a new president's not going to be the answer to the COVID crisis. Jesus will be the answer to the COVID crisis. And the new president's not going to be the answer to the political upheaval that we're in, and the divided culture. Jesus will be the answer. And so, and the church will be the answer to that. And I don't know, we just need to be be bold. And I think that those um, those are truths that I want people to get a hold of and understand and live out. And we're not. We don't. Many of us, myself included, we don't fully live up to that. We're we're scared. We're fearful. We're, uh, you know, and part of it, we're just not fully surrendered and fully obedient yet. 
and we were, we're partially surrendered to the media. We're partly surrendered to what our bodies tell us. I'm starting to ramble. It's starting to sound like a one-sided story. And it might, it might be way off base. This might not be where, the direction we're headed. I'm not ready for another cup of coffee. I think it is because of a question you posed in the foyer at the gear mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks ago. Can I interest you in a warm-up? Yeah. This cup's a little bit big, so I'm not going to pour all of it because then I can't get it all gone before it loses the heat. Oh, that's good. Thanks. Can a church that is not growing in physical numbers be... Is it... Um, viable? Viable. Because you just talked about, like, those of us in the kingdom, the big C church, right. we, we hold the answers. We hold the hope. Yep. And but not when we surrender those, those, that hope to fear. Yeah. Or worry. Or doubt. You know, when we, when we do that with whatever it is, we, we surrender the hope. We surrender the answer, at least to some degree. You, you track what I'm saying? Like sure. Nobody believes that we, that we really have a hope when we're up in arms about anything. Well, and I'll say this cautiously, but I'll say it. That's been one of my concerns for the last four and a half years as I've seen evangelicals align themselves so closely with right. Donald Trump. I agree. Holding your nose and voting for Trump is one thing. Making him the face of the former party of values right. and conservative yeah. principles is, is another thing. But then, say somebody like Franklin Graham, who has done untold amounts of good through Samaritan's Purse, but mm-hmm. I believe his legacy now is being a Trump puppet. Yeah, And sure, maybe it feels good to have a loud somewhat effective Republican president for four years, but at what cost? And this is, these are things I wrestle with in my day job, as you might imagine. Yeah. And I talk about these things on another podcast, but there's a little bit of blurred line there. And I've been having these conversations with a couple of my friends who love the Lord and grew up conservative who are just wrestling with what evangelicals have done on the face of it in relation to... And this is probably a different different night. Maybe I'll bring you back in to talk about this. But what's the mandate mm-hmm. of a believer? It is not to make converts. It's to make disciples. Right. And so you could say how many people got saved at current church last year or how many people are the current people reaching and discipling on some level. Mm-hmm. And I think that involves providing hope in the midst of a pandemic. I think it yeah. involves shining light in the midst of yeah. political chaos. I think it means speaking truth when the lines get blurred a little bit. I mean, I think there are different ways to disciple different people that are in our lives. But ultimately, I think we want to be able to see that the family at current is reaching people in an effective way and, and walking out our faith, or maybe we're not viable. And... Part of that conversation is finding people to make comforts. And another layer of that conversation is the modern day American isn't conditioned to need a savior. Correct. This is another conversation that we had the other day. Mm-hmm. So this is all swimming around in my mind as, right. you know. I mean, my hope with, on those notes, my hope with uh, the political upheaval and with COVID was that it would cause people to see that they, we need something outside of the government or outside of, you know, some of the struggles. You know, the stock market was all over the place for a while. And my thought was, as it usually does in America, typically that drives people 
that at least makes people open to the idea of we need a Savior, that we need someone outside of all of this to bring us hope and help and a Savior. And that, But the farther we go in our postmodern, post-Christian culture, those things just don't come to pass. You know, we had, you go all the way back to 9-11. How many years ago was that? 20? It'll be 20 this year, yeah. 20 this year. And, uh, I mean, the 20 years ago, America is different than the America today, for sure. Oh, yeah. And even 9-11 only drove people to Jesus a pretty short amount of time. Within a couple of weeks, a couple of months, for sure. I'm not saying all life was back to normal, but we weren't going, oh, let's pray for everybody. You know, let's, let's, let's become a people that come together and pray. You know, that was long gone, you know. Pretty much as soon as, you know, within reason, I'm going to say when, when W gets up on that that mound and they like somebody in the audience said we can't hear you. He's like, well, we hear you. Yeah. And we're you know basically we're going to take the fight to them. It's pretty much as soon as he said that, it was like good enough. We don't need God anymore. <laughs> They're going to take you know we're going to handle it. Yeah. I mean I'm, I'm exaggerating to a degree, but things fall apart in a, when America was a quote unquote Christian nation, when there were more believers than not, mm-hmm. and I think that time did probably exist. When things got when the poo poo hit the fan. <laughs> People turn to Jesus, and people don't turn to Jesus now. They don't return to the church for help. They don't. Play. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is the post-Christian culture. The other one is Christians are not carriers of power. We not we're not carrying anything that looks like it would help or sustain us. I shouldn't. And I'm using that term generically. I mean, I'm just saying in general, and especially evangelicals and the evangelical super preachers out there. You know, they're. I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I know those guys can say good things, but there's also a lot of just like they're scraping for power, just like everybody else. You know, money, power, and fame. It, it corrupts people and it corrupts godly people. When they a lot of times when people see an opportunity for one of those things, they they'll you know that's why they again it's why they've there's such there was such a dynamic with with the Trump. You know that that whole like people went crazy like we finally got somebody that's speaking our language there's a part of the you know half the the country that said that and evangelicals are like i'd like to get a piece of that pie you know they might not have said it out loud but once they start you know once you start to ring that bell and and then you start getting the approval then it's hard to turn that off and you just want more of it so i think that that's part of why but you're right people are going to go down and uh franklin graham's record is not you know he's not going to go down in history like his father did no it might be good but it's not going to be the same and you know what he wasn't a soul winner franklin graham's not a soul winner he's a good dude doing a good thing he's i believe he's a, a believer and he's doing godly things but his dad was a soul winner i mean his dad just went you know brought people to the cross and it's honestly it's better than bringing people a glass of water it's better it's more needed but not in this culture in this culture we need to bring people water just Let them go to I hell. Am. Nobody said it was easy. I feel like a lot of the here's my summation of what happened with the church and politically is a lot of us kind of felt our comfort zone being pushed out a little bit. And I'll say this, like, I mean, remember what was it, ten years ago when Barack Obama said marriage was between a one man and one woman? It's like early on in the Obama yeah. era. Right. The precipitous decline of the culture. Yeah. I'm sure many generations have said that, but I felt like, you know, for the first 35 years of my life, it was a certain degree angle. And in the last five, it's just been a drop off. Yeah. We've come, what's the, you know, we've definitely, the momentum is there. Yeah. To the point where I've got to kind of like look around even amongst my church friends before I say something that 10 years ago I would say. Right. 
You only uh, have to do that if you're a conservative or a Christian, though. But you can still but, you can your First Amendment rights are intact as long as you're as sure. long as you're on the right side of things. But we, I feel like we are feeling our comfort zone getting poked at a little bit. Well, Jesus promised us it wouldn't be easy. Jesus promised they would hate us. So we're you know we're feeling it a little bit, and this guy comes along, and he is a little louder and yeah, or a lot, yeah, than. Mitt Romney or John McCain or, you know, and he, he says the things that we probably say in our inside voice. Yeah. You don't say out loud. He says those things. And we're like, oh, well, that's, yeah, this, this is a movement. I can get behind that because, right. well, we were promised persecution. We were promised yeah. to be sojourners. Right. And that they would hate us. And so sometimes I wonder, like, I, I suppose I'm in favor of religious liberty in the, sure. in the U.S. of A., but isn't that just kind of staving off the inevitable? I, you know, for wow. Craig preached a sermon a couple of years ago about passion, and and I think he used examples of the church in China. People who have real persecution develop real passion. Yep. We don't want persecution. No, we don't. Nobody does. And right, that's not a flaw. But I think you see where I'm going with it. I absolutely. There will be. You know, I think about it at work, like there will probably be a day where a gay pastor wants to have a show on and then we're going to make the indie star. Like yeah. that's coming. Yeah. Something like that is coming for all of us. But we need that. Right. And so, agree. so yeah. Trump may feel like we could Heisman that off for four years. True story. But he's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were willing to put a lot of people, you know, in evangelical where we're willing to put up with, you know, what was the nonsense and like the negativity because he's like. Man, religious rights, thats we're, we're all for that. And it's like just nobody would like come out and say it out loud really strong, like, we'll fight for that. Yeah. I'm like, well, heck, man, I could get behind that. You know, I mean, uh, even though whatever you've got, name me the person in politics that doesn't have a closet full of junk, man. Name me a person that doesn't have a closet, you know, when you're, when you're a, you know how it is, it all comes out in the end. But anyway, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's easy to get behind that because it does. We're like, hey, man, you'll carry this ball for us for a while and we'll get, we'll get over the hump a little bit more. And now, you know, we don't know what. Well, we never know what will happen. Every time there's a new presidency, they come. I wonder what's going to happen now, you know? It's so, yeah. really interesting. So I'll admit, a Democratic White House, Senate, and House. Oh, it'll make for interesting times. Yeah. And for that, good conservative some, radio. Some st- That's true. Some <laughs> stuff that we hold dearly may be in jeopardy. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We don't know. But isn't the church's bigger task is to, to gird the loin? Yes. Instead of fighting for every last inch of religious liberty or, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, no, we got the I, fight I, all wrong. I get yeah. that. We're not, the idea is not to, um, the idea is not to make America a Christian nation. The idea is to make disciples of all men. If that happens, cultural could shift. It might not. It might, you know, it might not shift. I mean, we get this notion, well, if enough people get saved, if enough Christians move into politics, if enough, enough Christians are owning businesses, if enough Christians are in leadership, that then we'll, you know, somehow we'll magically bounce back to 1950 right. and everything will be a happy-go-lucky post-war, Mayberry. blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen. And not to mention, there's nothing biblical that says that'll happen or that that's even our mandate. Our mandate is to, Jesus came to seek and say that was, was lost, which is everybody. You know, we're here to... It's much simpler than we're than we, and I think that's you go to, go all the way back to how do you live in the present. To me, that's it. It's every day you just get up and go. What do you got for me today? Mm-hmm. And I can I mean I can plan for the future. I'm not a business owner. I'm not trying to grow a business into. And as elders, we're not either. I'm not trying to 
uh, you know, how can we make the church self-sustaining? Where in the world is that something that we're supposed to be looking at? We're not supposed to be self-sustained. We're just supposed to. We're supposed to be sustained by by Jesus. And I'm not saying we don't. We shouldn't work at things. But you know, I'm, I'm not working at it so that we can have a. I gave that up a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. I think I gave it up before I started the church. I think I gave up that idea. I don't know if I ever had it. Yeah. You know, even as a guy start trying to get my band off the ground, I'll, my prayer used to always be, God, just make us as big as you want us to be. I mean, I would have loved to be big. And when I first started the church, I felt the same way. God, just do with us what you want to do. And I had visions of us being, a, you know, maybe being a large church. Um, and there's, you know, neither, the band didn't get big and neither did I. Now, part of that probably is leadership for sure. But some of it is just, I think we're just where the Lord wants us to be. That's hard for me to get behind because, you know, we're not, we're small. We're small as ever. Yeah. I mean, I've, like, I've told friends of mine that are pastoring churches my size, you know, maybe you should consider just merging with somebody else and just moving on. Sure. Some of those guys have done that. Right. And, you know, and it was a good move. It yeah. was the right thing to do. So, I mean, I have, I have thoughts like that. Those are things that I, I process, you know, is it sustainable to, you know, is that what God wants? Am I, am, am I my energies best served, you know, leading a, in-person congregation of less than 10 people as it's been for the last two months or three months, you know, knowing that there's an additional four to six families watching online. You know, we're, you know, and you could cut this out if you want to, but we're a church of about 35 to maybe 40 people, kids and all, yeah. which means about half of those people at any given time would show up if it wasn't COVID. And when it is COVID, then you cut that number in half again. And that's just, that's just the realities. And honestly, for me, I'm like, to me, if, Church is important. The gathering is important. I think it's critical. And I think the more people skip the gathering, whether I saw this on one of my Facebook feeds from like three or four years ago, so it's not a new thought yeah. for me. But the more you miss the gathering, the more you're okay with missing the gathering. Well, I will take that out. That's too strong. Way too strong. It's like this coffee. It's way too it is strong. It's kicking me in the face. So, And I've, I just think that we, we need, and I, know, I think that's true because some people that are not part of our gathering are congregation our fellowship anymore um they started by just missing a little bit here and there and then they just eventually they just you stop coming and um we have this thing where yeah but we're all still friends like yeah we are but yeah. we don't fellowship yeah. we really don't fellowship and fellowship is a big part of yeah. church culture we know about the three e's uh-huh. in the mission statement and then i think in some of the imagery there's what la- later louder something love louder later yeah la- love louder something like that when i think about the dna of current church there are the tangible things like lights and a hazer and which i have a harder time f- getting behind f- all the time well, and that's kind of where i'm going like formerly electric guitar mm-hmm. <laughs> but beyond that i think about an agendaless gathering with you know no bulletin give and take right i think about the things that are in our dna and it's still precious to me are you able to still see those things? Uh, yes, but is it hard for me to? I feel like I'm settling for some of those things. You know, like I, there's things that are good. I give you an example. I listened to a one of those first of the year sermon at podcast. Craig Rochelle. Yeah. So a big monster pastor planted his church at the same time. Current planted ours. His church is freaking enormous. About right. The same. About the same. Yeah. Uh, good dude. Definitely a big leadership guy. And one of, he just did like ten things to uh, ten things about leadership, but um, the last one was remember why you got in in the first place. And a lot of them were really you know his first one was develop intimacy in your walk with Jesus. Like if you're not doing that, the rest of it doesn't matter. 
And I'm like, you know, we'll do all these other things and not develop intimacy. So I, and I'm like, and he's like, his thought was pick one of these things and, you know, work on it this year. But one of the things that made me think was he said, why did you get it in the first place? And when I think about why I got in current in the first place, almost none of that even matters now. It's, it's like obsolete. Those, the reasons I got in it, we're not, we're not doing it. We're not, you know, now that doesn't mean we're not viable. doesn't mean that we're not, that it's not good. Like I love, you're talking about the DNA that we have. It's special, super special. It's some of the things that keeps me coming back for more. But when I think about why we did it in the first place, it was, we'll reach people. I want to reach people that nobody's reaching, which Honestly, if anybody gets saved, you're reaching somebody that nobody was reaching. But you know what I meant. I wanted to reach fringe people. I felt like that was our calling. I wanted to have, you know, worship that felt more like, like live music felt like live music. Like any place you'd go see it other than church, which was loud, in your face, you know. Acoustic Martin, probably. Acoustic, like say an acoustic Martin guitar. Direct box. With direct box, bass, and then a drummer that's not loud enough (laughs) because he has to play underneath the acoustic guitar. Uh, You know, but then when you get in a room with six people, you realize that, you know what, it's just like when I was in a band. Like you can show up and rock it for six people, but it's not any fun. Like you're not really enjoying it. And to be honest with you, the six people aren't either. There's just not enough people. You haven't reached that critical mass number. And so the, those things that I really love about about the big C worship, you know, you can't do. Uh, so you can't, you can, but it doesn't have the same, like I, I almost heard a saying, I'm like, why are we still doing this? Why are we cranking out fog, lights, and loud music for for the, the six of us or the eight of us or the 10 of us in the room? Or even the 20, you know, it's just a small... Because we're on the internet. Because we're on the internet. <laughs> no, it's not because, it's because I do enjoy it. I still enjoy it loud. But anyway, suffice to say, and then... Um, Felt like, uh, you know, why did we get in it? Those were the real reasons. I just wanted to reach people that nobody else reached, and maybe to do it in a way that other people weren't doing it. Now, I still think we're doing some things that other people aren't doing it, but I don't know that we're, like, our. if you looked at our church, you would think our target audience is just, it, no longer is it a fringe people that is attracted. And again, there again, once you start trying to attract people to church, I'm already off the, the my projection is already off. I'm yeah. after the wrong things. Once yeah. I start trying to be attractive to people, yeah. you know, even Jesus, you know, the scripture says there was nothing about him that was even attract, attracted people to him, you know, uh, not in his appearance. It was his message that was attractive. It was the way he treated people that was attractive. It wasn't his pro- promotion or his program. I mean, granted, for sure, miracles are pretty. People come out for that stuff, but you can't keep them. You know, the old adage is whatever you win them with, you have to keep them with. Uh, apparently, winning people with loud rock and roll music wasn't enough because even though we kept the loud rock and roll music, it did not keep them. So if that's what won them, and there is a part of it we know that probably is part of what won some of those people. It wasn't. It's not enough to keep them. listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.